Salutations! <laughs> and welcome to the 75th episode Jeez. of the In The House podcast, the official podcast of Scouse's House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. I am your host, Evan Floyd. And, Ooh. And, oh, man. Oh, I'm sorry. It's and the only time I've ever done it. I, I was. That was harsh. <laughs> I, uh, I was pleased to be here, and now I'm really struggling to be here. Oh. Uh, now I'm, it's, it's exciting. Uh, yeah. The playoffs are perilously close Ugh. now. We are we're barreling in towards the end of the season. And uh, I'm, I'm just I'm getting into that mood. Like we had a weather day where I felt like it was playoffs weather outside, and that mm-hmm. was nice. Um, I'm, I'm getting pumped up about it. Uh, we've got a couple of games since we last spoke that we will uh, break down a bit. And we've got a game coming up, the final ever regular season home game at Slugger Field. That's going to be emotional. It will be. That will be that'll be a pretty emotional thing, right? Like it it would be more emotional to me if I wasn't so dang excited about what we're moving into. Well, yeah. But it's still like it's pretty emotional. Yeah. And uh but besides those things, we also have a very special guest tonight uh who uh you don't want to bury the lead. Mm-hmm. We're very excited to have. But before we can welcome that guest in, I first have to welcome my partner who tonight is coming to you live. From a tattoo parlor yeah. in the jungles of Cambodia, Andy Fred. Yeah. Andy. Yeah, man. You doing all right? Yeah, it was time for a new one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what, what are you what are you leaning towards? I know. How, all right, let me start here. Okay. How many do you have? Shit. Uh, I think eleven at last count. Eleven. Yeah. Okay. But it's, they're all like they're all. It's all like leading. Eventually, it'll be just one giant. You know really? what I mean? It'll be, yeah, yeah. That's a lot. It is a lot. That's a lot. I've got the one, and it feels like a lot. It's, it's adorable. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you. I'm hoping I have to get an addition to that here in the next month or so. Yeah, so I've, we'll got room. I've got room for that extra star. Dang right. Uh, Andy, we've got a guest tonight. We do. Uh, we are sitting in the office of our guest tonight. It's very big and official. It is. Uh, this is a nice office. I like the exposed brick. This is someone's. This is someone that I work with on a daily basis who uh, gave me a chance and hasn't fired me yet. Everybody, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in Brad Estes, the man himself, the president, the man himself. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Immediately regrets coming on the show again. I regretted it ten minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. Brad, uh, we do appreciate you coming on, taking some time out. We know that it's uh, that it's you know just an unbelievably busy time at uh, Louisville City, and in particular for uh, the people who are leading Louisville City, and you are foremost in that uh, that task. Like, how busy are you on a day to day basis? pretty doggone busy you know but we're all busy so you know it's um we're all doing doing crazy amounts of work right now i think we're, we're probably uh about 20 percent understaffed but that's okay you know we all love it um at least that's that's what we say right we all love it absolutely and uh no we're all really busy but you can see what we're building and it's and it's worth it it's awesome and uh i'm, I'm thrilled still to be a part of it andy you and I essentially met Brad about a year and a couple of months ago. Like we'd, we'd been familiar with yeah. you as a person, but yeah. we had you on the show at Odeon, and that was the first time that yeah. we'd gotten to really sit down and have conversations between the three of us. And 
I, I think that immediately you two bonded between being tall. Is that just nice? It's like an it's like an unspoken tall guy thing. Yeah. It's like you, you do the head nod. Like, yeah, yeah. we're taller than these but, people. But now it's spoken. <laughs> but now we talk. Well, that's after a while, there's like a statu- a year-long statute of limitations, right? Yeah. Like, that's because short people like me can't help but bring it up. When you, <laughs> when you exist in a world of tall people, it's just yeah. constantly like, this is the worst. That's funny. Have you been back to Odeon uh, since then? I feel like you have. I feel like you've told me. Maybe. Maybe I have. I don't remember, to be honest. I'm not saying. If I did, maybe it was a heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm not saying you own couches. I'm just saying you might own couches. I own couches. Do you not remember <laughs> on our, uh, at our pod that night uh, the couch that oh. we sat in, the legs snapped off? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, so what they've done up there is actually pretty cool. They just took the legs off of both the couches. I did that. <laughs> And so now they're just on the ground, but it's this really cool like. And we have had Niall and Antoine and now Luke all yeah. be on the show with us up at, in Odeon on those same couches. And now it's like an Asian kind of thing. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's very okay. zen. Like, yeah. yeah, it kind of makes for a cool interview. Like you would see maybe in Cambodia. In Cambodia. Cambodia. Yeah, there's a lot of it here. Okay. It's a lot of it here. Okay. But um, we make sure to tell them that you're the reason yeah, <laughs> those wow. couches are like that. Maybe, yeah. Push back away from the buffet table every night. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we're gonna ask Brad a plethora of questions as we go through the uh, pod tonight. But uh, let's go ahead and get started in talking a little bit about the games that have been, and uh, that way we can make sure we hit all of the appropriate yeah, pod the stuff. Notes. The stuff. Uh, we last potted before the St. Louis away game. And so uh, at the time, we were sitting on nine unbeaten games, mm-hmm. and uh, we're really playing really good soccer. We were yep. really excited about how things were uh, progressing. St. Louis, we knew it was going to be a big game. It might impact where we would finish in the final standings. St. Louis has been super up and down all year. And uh, I went on that trip, and I'll tell you that it was the best away fan atmosphere I've ever been a part of with Louisville City. This is about my 12th or 13th road game. Mm-hmm. The crowd was intense. I've been to all the Cincinnati games, and there were there were two Cincinnati wins in Cincinnati where the crowd was great. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but uh, this crowd it didn't stop singing the entire game. They were on point. There was a large group of them. It was yeah. over a hundred people. It was intense. I was proud to be a part of that, mm-hmm. and uh, you get a win, one nothing. Oh man, yeah. Beautiful kick from Maggie. Now, you were at a wedding, is that I was at a wedding. Did you get to actually watch the game, or were you quietly sneaking peeks on the phone? So, I got the evil eye from my wife. Well, sure. Because I asked her if, because it was at somebody's house, it was at a farm with a house, and I was like, hey, during all this, do you think they would notice if I turn the game on (laughs) in their living room? Sure. Because I had done that before. We Absolutely. had gone to one of their other daughter's weddings. It was the exact same setting, yeah. and they let me watch a game. They would want you to be comfortable. I would think so. <laughs> yeah. I got the evil eye. She said, you, you can't do that. I don't I think like, you get to ask seven-month pregnant women that uh, turn on games at the There's a lot wedding. you can't ask pregnant women, it turns out. Um, 
But I will say this. She you should have done. I'm sorry. You should have just turned it on and you should have said, can you believe somebody turned the game on? This is so Oh, yeah. No, that's genius. I didn't even think about it. I can't. But I mean, if it's already on. Right. Dusty. Dusty's crazy. This is his wedding. But she was she was updating as much as I was. Like she had her phone out. Right. Looking at it and she would like nudge me and. So yeah, so you you got to keep up with it. Yeah, uh, Magnus scores scores early ish. I think it was eleventh minute, uh, early enough that it kept our crowd in it and quieted their crowd down dramatically. Yeah, and uh, from that point on, honestly, I thought we played some really great possession soccer in that game. Gave up two or three big chances to St. Louis, but never. Even in their best moments, I never felt threatened in that game, which was a nice feeling. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of, all right, let's let's get through this. Let's get through this. And we just kept doing it. And Hubbard had that amazing had a crazy that was, save. That was awesome. I mean, that's awesome. That was insane. And it was easily St. Louis's best chance. But even when he took the chance, it happened so fast, and he made such a nice save on it that I didn't feel... Pain. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of wow. Did you see that? That was awesome. Yeah. If I recall, it didn't come from like a great buildup. It, it just it just was a cross in and, a, and it, it appeared out yeah. of nothing. Just yeah. kind of plopped in there. Yeah. Like it, there wasn't a lot of anxiety leading. You, you sure. weren't watching them coming down the field with it. You know. Yeah. Eleventh uh, goal on the year for Maggie, which is awesome. Way to go, Magnus Rasmussen. Eleven goals leads the team pretty comfortably. Mm-hmm. Uh, thrilled to see him get back on the score sheet, though. It had been a minute. Uh, so mm-hmm. big, big goal. I think his last one was uh, the penalty at Charleston. I think had been his most recent goal before that. Am I wrong? I feel like that was. I feel like there was one after that. You think there might have been one after the PK at Charleston? Yeah. Uh, I feel like there was one in between. Uh, it's possible, but I don't specifically recall one. Huh. So I'll say, uh, regardless, it was nice to see Magnus yeah. get onto the score sheet. And then, like I say, the team played such great possession. Did you see the uh, tweet that our operations manager, supervisor, director, extraordinaire of operations, Andrew DeLalo, posted of the passing of the 19 passes in a row? Yes. Great tweet from uh, Andrew DeLalo highlighting 19 consecutive passes from Lou City at one point. And it all culminated in a really nice shot on goal from Brian Ownby in that moment. It didn't, it didn't go down, but uh, it was just such a nice build-up play. All the way from the back, the ball switched sides two or three times. The ball switched players. Uh, it was it was not just like three guys passing the ball back and forth. The ball moved all over the field. We shifted St. Louis's defense, created a great opportunity for Brian. Over 19 passes. And I thought that that really spoke volumes about what the game felt like, yeah. which was possession and real comfortable accuracy. And I think you see you see that when they play on a on a legitimate size field mm-hmm. too. It's they they've gotten better throughout the year with that type of play. And when you see them play on a big field, that's that's what you get. And I'm uh, looking forward to seeing a lot of that next year on a, on a very big field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought ultimately, I thought that we just looked like we outclassed St. Louis. Uh, you, yeah, you can you can point some fingers that maybe we should have won three nil or four one or something like that. Maybe that was the appropriate scoreline for everything that happened. But it just felt so comprehensively dominant in terms of what we did with the ball, when we wanted to do it with the ball. and I was I was thrilled with that game. 
uh, you walk out of there with 10 unbeaten mm-hmm. and uh, you're starting to sniff higher up on the, yep. on the leaderboard. You're thinking, we got a couple of good results that weekend with New York dropping again and uh, Tampa dropping. And you're thinking, look out, world. Look they, out. Yeah, Tampa dropped to Loudon, right? And they sure did. Gosh. Tampa, like, I'm glad you're doing poorly, but, like, what is happening, guys? Yeah. Yeah. And New York in the real doldrums right now. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, table placement here when we get uh, past the Nashville game. Which, uh, so, coming up next, we uh, we had the Nashville game. We played against them in Nashville weeknight, which still just sucks. It just sucks. Tuesday suck. uh, That we've never had a Saturday night road game in Nashville is a major bummer. That's a game that people would attend and attend in numbers, yeah. and uh, nobody attended that game in numbers, including the Nashville fans. Yeah. But it was a disappointment. And even so, there were still over 50 tickets sold to Lou City fans. Nice. I specifically got to hang out and spend some time with 25-ish of nice. them. And you can see other tiny pockets of purple and uh, a lot of black sweatshirts. A lot of that original black hoodie because okay. it was chilly that night. Not uh, It wasn't cold, but it was for after 18 games of 90 degrees. It, uh, it felt brisk. They call it, the what, what, do, what do they call Nashville's uh, support? The roadies, is that right? They are. And I learned... Se- several times on broadcast, they called them the rowdies. Yeah. Yeah, no, that... Which I, is embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> As that is another team's name. Do your research, bud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the roadies, and uh, also, we did come into contact with another one of uh, Nashville's uh, supporters groups who invited everybody over for some drinks at their tailgate, and that was called The Assembly. So big shout out to The Assembly uh, from Nashville, who were very kind and gracious. Well, that sounds like And cool. threw a little bit of shade at the roadies. That makes me feel like grade school. The assembly? Yeah. The assembly. I, it's a little... It, I like it better than roadies. Maybe because I have a bad taste in my mouth because they kept calling them the rowdies. And because they're a, a, a supporters group called the roadies who don't travel. It's such an ironic That's, thing. that's right. It's, yeah. it's like calling a big guy tiny. Yeah. Kind of yeah, 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 yeah. Shockingly, the roadies also don't tailgate. So, uh, the assembly, so you don't do anything on the road. You're so not far, actually like... <laughs> so far as we know, they are there in the section behind their uh, their goal, but that may be their entirety of their involvement, which makes you feel... It makes me feel blessed about uh, the kind of support that Scouse's House and the Coopers provide. Yeah. And uh, that we take... Uh, let me not say we. That I occasionally take for granted. That it, uh, Like, well, occasionally we'll do a thing... And I'll, I'll let the presidents know we're trying to go out and do a thing. Yeah. And only 30 or so people will show up. And I'll be like, man, why are there, this isn't very... Man, to get 30 people to come and do a non-soccer game thing as a soccer supporters group is not an easy bit. No. And the fact that people just want to show up for stuff is consistently impressive to me. Yeah, there are plenty of clubs in USL that don't get 30 supporters at a game. Absolutely. Yeah, supporters. yeah they don't. I mean, I, I'm not going to bring up any clubs, but we... I think you're right. We all do take take for granted sometimes the support that we have, and it's and we should not do that. Agreed. It's almost like you and I are in a position to try to impact change on that front. So maybe yeah. we'll, maybe we'll do that. Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> uh, Something no, to think about. But the game itself, um, they got they got theirs early in this game, and that is Nashville's blueprint. Like if the, Nashville is Pittsburgh. Yeah. All right, so let's everybody just sort of – Nashville is Pittsburgh, and if they can score on you early, then you're in real trouble. 
uh, because they packed it in. They have some giant freaking center yeah, backs. Lasso is a giant. He also be. had a kind of an amazing game, though. I mean, he was the he clearance was on off the line was yeah, annoying. That was insane. He's a great. He's a really really good center back. I, I personally love his intensity. Yeah, I mean, he, he could, yeah. I mean, he's the old football player in me, but when he makes a clearance, he's like, yeah, yeah. He gets into it. Yeah, he had a great he's game. A good, he's a good player. He is. I think he's the. I think he's one of the prototype USL center backs, where he's maybe not quite skilled, big, or athletic enough to play at the next level, but maybe he is. And you can't really tell. All you can tell game to game is that he dominates in the USL, and he is. He's just a rock back there. Yeah. And uh, he and uh, Paco have both been in the running for Defensive Player of the Year over the last three yeah. seasons. And uh, I think he won it last he year. He did get it last year. Yeah. And uh, I imagine he'll be in the running for it again this year. Yeah, Although I don't know what the rules are, seeing as how he is technically on loan from FC Cincinnati. So he's only been with Nashville for, I think, like 14 games at this point. Yeah, yeah. He's good, and uh, the clearance off the line was frustrating, but the bottom line is Nashville gets their goal, and uh, we know I'm not generally critical of uh, the players. I'm usually a, hey, these things happen kind of a guy. Uh, I'm going to go ahead because he's one of my favorite people, mm-hmm. and I know he would feel the same way. Sean Francis had a real rough game. Oh, yeah. Sean Francis had a rough game. He got beat pretty badly on uh, the play that it led to the goal. He got beat pretty badly again about three minutes later on what looked like it could have led to another goal. He had a few questionable passes. There were some bad aiming, it looked like. There was some... It, it, he was one of my, he is one of my absolute favorite yeah. people. We've said it numerous times that he is a delight. It was a rough game for Sean Francis, and that sucks. Uh, he gets the start in place of Oscar, who definitely deserves needed a break. So is that... Is that what it was? They were just like, you know what? Why don't you uh, cool Three, it for a minute? The playoffs coming up and two days rest. It's another game. game on Saturday. And well, I saw the lineup before the game. I was like, this is. And I went back. Not and, the lineup we've been playing. This is. I different. went back and checked. Eighteen straight games he'd played ninety. Oscar's <laughs> played ninety in eighteen straight games leading into this game. Ugh. The man deserves a break. We need him fresh. We need him ready and. Where I don't remember. Remember. When was he subbed off? I, I can't. Uh, I, I, Maybe I, an Open Cup game? I don't recall the specific game, yeah. except that it was 18 ago okay. that, he, wow. um, that he missed some minutes. God. But uh, he basically plays, he, he's, he is the Iron Man. He and Kyle Smith yeah. for the last several years were that, and uh, with no Kyle Smith. Oscar's even more. Kyle uh, could always manage to get subbed off or not subbed off, but he would just get his, he would get his fifth yellow card. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Would, there it is. He would say, "I'm going to take the I'm going to take the next game off," yeah. or get kicked in the head by an indie player. Yeah, right. Uh, something. Right. Uh, now it was it's it was good to see Oscar get a night off. It was a bummer to see that Frano had a rough game in his absence. Uh, I'm I'm not blaming because I mean it wasn't directly from that. We still had opportunities to clear the ball and always. Whenever you want to blame one player on anything in a soccer game, it's like, well, the eight things that led to that yeah. and the three things that happened yeah. after it. But I'll say it was a rough game, and uh, I would have loved to have seen. I would have loved to have seen him play a really good game and feel like, hey, let's let's be curious what the lineup will look like. It feels now after this game in specific that. When everybody's fit, everybody's healthy, everybody's available, it'll be the back line we've seen over the last eight, nine games leading into it. How's McMahon? Uh, 
I cannot give actual uh, updates on Pat McMahon. He could if he wanted. If Brad wanted to, he can. I think he's getting back. You know, I, I don't know his actual status. Right. But I know that he's. I mean, it's it's not like he's out for the year. Uh, but I wouldn't want to comment, even if I knew. But I I know that he's he's getting healthy. So okay. Yeah. That was essentially what I was going to say. Yeah, anyway. yeah. So I know that he uh, got some training time in this week. Okay. So it's not like he's you know laid up in a bed somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that that's what I know. It's just a magic back there. That our back line is just with Tim Tosh. I mean, it's just been glorious. And I really like seeing the connection that he has with Antoine. I feel like he and Antoine on that right side have looked like they just sort of get where each other yeah. are going with the ball. And I think that he makes Antoine a better player. And I think Antoine takes off some of the. If there's something lacking in Pat's game, it's that straight line speed. And I think that Antoine having that. Makes up a difference when you're playing on this on that side together, and I really like the connection they forged. Uh, Antoine also does not start this game, so you get a George Davis the fourth start, and I thought George put in a good shift. I thought uh, yeah. he, he created some chances. I thought that he, on a very 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 narrow Nashville pitch, he managed to help create some width, which was important on a couple of scoring chances that we had. Uh, I thought George played fine. Uh, he gets subbed off late. Uh, the other change to the starting lineup is that uh, that Taylor Pay comes in and gets the start at right back, right yeah. back for uh, well Pat, for McKeel, yeah. and, but takes over for McKeel Watts, who we didn't mention. I thought played a whale of a game against St. Louis. Showed a lot of promise to yeah. me. I was really, really pleased with how he played in that game. I don't think that he's necessarily our top choice right back at the moment, but I think that. He showed that for a 19-year-old, he can be a top choice right back at some point, and that's exciting stuff. That he already belongs in the USL, he showed that in that game, I thought. <clears throat> in a game where that was so possession-based, and yeah. he was not a liability there, yeah, and that's yeah. saying something. Yeah. I spoke with Hacks uh, today, and he, he mentioned that he was really happy with the way Akil played. So I, I know that he's happy to see that, and it's always good to have that young talent coming up through the ranks. It is. And uh, I'm not surprised he didn't get the second straight start because two games in three days when you are not a regular starter is a lot of minutes. It's, it's a lot of minutes. Yeah. And uh, I think <clears throat> he's probably best suited to the right wing, and I think they wanted Taylor's speed against some of the uh, some of the burners that Nashville can throw out on the field, and that makes a little bit of sense to me. And so I didn't have any objection to it. But the main addition to the starting lineup is, to me, tough to quantify. Paolo Del Piccolo gets yeah. your start as a central midfielder, pretty clearly playing as an eight and not a six, yeah. uh, and takes over for Napo Mazzoso, who, beyond being our oxybaric player of the month this past month, also has just been very clearly an excellent player for yeah. us. I think if he's not shortlisted for some of the, the you know team of the year stuff, at the end of the year, or young players of the year, or whatever, some honor at the end of the year, they aren't watching the games. Yeah, I know he hadn't gotten the scoring love or the stat love until the last couple of weeks, but he's been just doing yeoman's work mm -hmm. in the middle of the field. I've been thrilled to see him. And at the same time, I was thrilled to see our captain, Paolo Del Piccolo, on the field and playing freely, it seemed. Mm -hmm. uh, Maybe not as impactful on the overall game as we maybe would have wanted, but I saw flashes where you're going, oh, yeah. ah, that looks like Paolo. Yeah. 
Uh, one particular one over on the uh, what was from me and the far sideline, and for the camera, I suppose it would have been the near sideline, where uh, he takes a ball away, makes one step, and then lets a defender fly by him, and then uh, steps forward and plays the ball into the middle. And it's just like that's the kind of stuff that you got so used to seeing Paolo be able to do eight times a game, mm-hmm. and uh, love seeing that mainly because we know. If that's the thing that's in our bag going forward, it's valuable. Uh, if you have Paolo Del Piccolo at full, full strength, complete go, and he can play 90 for you and pull the strings in the midfield, awesome. If you can get 30 minutes from him at the end of most games, mm-hmm. spelling somebody, awesome. If you can get no minutes from him and he's on the bench but in the locker room for each one of these games, awesome. Paolo Del Piccolo is that important to this team, in my opinion. And uh, what we do with the center midfield will be the most interesting lineup stuff to me. I think the rest of the field is pretty well set up for what we're going to do with it. Going, mm-hmm. uh, going, we know our top choice, right? Eight. The question to me is, what do we do with those three spots in the middle of the pitch? And uh, Paolo throws his hat into the ring as, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm still here." There are also a few times it was nice to see. There was almost like a good cop, bad cop thing that him and Niall McCabe have with the refs. <laughs> because you've got Niall who just bad gets cop, a, worse cop. Well, <laughs> it's relative, right? Because you've got Niall who does his Niall thing. And then Paolo would like kind of back him up. Like, all right, no, look, come on. Let's be real. You know what I mean? Like, you could almost hear what they were saying with Niall still going on in the back. It was great. I would watch a buddy cop show featuring Niall and Paolo. Absolutely. I would totally <laughs> that. Maybe that that'll be what we produce in the off season this year is a uh, a mini a mini yeah. uh, docu series, good cop, bad cop, yeah. or bad cop, worst cop. Uh, <clears throat> what's it like for you, Brad, seeing the two-time defending USL Cup champion captain back out on the field. It's huge. I think everything you just said, to me, a, a rising tide lifts all boats, and Paolo Del Piccolo is a rising tide, if that nice. makes any sense whatsoever. Absolutely. He just he, he raises everyone's level. He holds everyone accountable. Um, he holds himself to an extremely high standard. You can watch him. He's he's Italian, so he's out there talking with his hands. He's pointing. Mm-hmm. I saw. I remember him playing a through ball, and he was pointing to where he was going to hit. The, he was going to hit the pass, and it just it's it's hard to measure what he does, like you just said. And he's I love having him out there. He's awesome. So some lineup changes. We fall behind, and Nashville just packs it in. Packs it in. And when I say packs it in, I mean. I, I paid a lot of attention to this throughout the course of the game, and I had a nice view for it to be able to... They were mostly playing what amounted to a 6-3-1 in this game. So after they got the goal, they essentially played a four-man back line with the two fullbacks pinched yep. and the two, wide, uh, the two wide midfielders dropped. And then their three uh, midfielders in the middle, including a number six who was dropped... And then Rios all the way up top, and that was what they did. They yep. had nine men behind the ball on almost every minute of every play. Uh, and it's just, we've talked about it, it's just banging your head on a wall. Yeah, I think they had 32% possession in the first half. They did. I didn't see what the overall stat was. The overall, I think, was like 38-62. It was, it was, yeah, it was a ridiculous possession. Yeah. 
and uh, the number of passes was uh, was frighteningly large. Also, not just the possession, but I mean, it wasn't like guys dribbling it around. We passed the ball a lot, looking for a way through, and uh, takes us until late seventieths minutes uh, to find the way through. We'd made a bunch of subs, and let me say this: the subs that we made, I loved. Because yep. it was, let's get as much offense on the field as yep. we can possibly find. We're going to score. Which, the whole thing about it to me was, because we switched to a three-man back line. Mm-hmm. All right? By taking Frano off and putting Antoine on yep. at halftime, you then drop Taylor, Paco, and Sean to play a three-man back line, which we haven't done essentially all year. Yep. and uh, Or at least not in you know 20 weeks. Uh, and then so you throw, bring on a straight offensive player for a straight defensive player. And then we did it two more times. Hack essentially says, I'm going to win this game or yeah. I'm going to lose. I don't care what the score is. Like, that, I love that in a coach. But not He's not, not saying we yeah. hope we find a way to score, but we're definitely not conceding again. Right. He says, if yeah. we, which is what happened in Loudon, and it was super frustrating where we bring in a lot of offense and you give up yeah. two late goals. It's happened a couple of times. It happened against Loudon. It happened against Toronto last North year. North Carolina yeah. this year. Yeah, it's like, and I, I like that too because does it really matter yeah. if it's 4 nothing? I mean, who cares? You go out and try to get the points. What yeah. kind of moral victory do you take from losing by less goals? You lost. The points yeah. are the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that he said, we're going to go out there and we're going to try to get that goal and get some points, mm-hmm. or we're going to lose by a lot, and that's the way this goes. Once we scored with, no joke, five guys who played striker for us this year and Magnus Rasmussen, our leading goal scorer, all on the field at the same time. Yeah, That's a lot of offensive firepower yeah. we put out onto the field where it's Antoine, Brian, Luke, Abdu, uh, Magnus and Nile all on the field at the same time. That's a lot. Speedy was still dropping deep, but he also was taking possession way up the field. Paco was taking possession way up the field. We were kind yeah. of playing with a two-man back line for a big chunk of that game, the second half. Paco went way up there, like twice, way up there. Stephanie he was, was like even Kyle Smith right back far up the field. Yes, yes. Stephanie was even like, what is Paco doing right now? <laughs> and, uh, and it helps us get the goal. Which, I mean, I don't think there's any way of looking around it. That we had the offensive pieces in there to cause yeah. problems. Luke, at the time, let me just say first, at the time I thought my prediction was right. I'd predicted 1-1 with a Luke goal. It was 1-1 with a Luke goal late. And I was like, ah. But, uh, no, Luke, uh, great header. Has to generate all of the power on that header himself. Yeah, which is interesting because we talked to Luke about act the accuracy of headers. Like, how do you... How difficult it is to decide where a ball is going to go with your head. He's like, it's pretty hard. <laughs> How about, can we back up just a little bit? The volley that he had. Yeah. That, oh, that my just, God. What an amazing yeah. save by it Pickens. Was, it was gorgeous. And, you know, it's almost like, how did he not blow his knee out? Yeah. His foot up that high to do that. And he was absolutely robbed on yep. that. Oh, yeah. Hats off to Pickens. Uh, but awesome play by Luke. It was. It, he, I love... And you don't want to say this to a person because it's almost backhanded, but it's not. It's sincerely not. I love Luke coming off the bench. I think that last 30 minutes when you have oh, Luke yeah. come out of the field, I think that he brings a whole new dynamic to the game. And I think that after uh, after we've had three speedsters up top running a defense into the ground, then you bring on 
the uh, uh, powerhouse like just Luke. A bulldozer. I just feel bad yes. for defenders. And uh, I thought that that's how he got the goal. He has to generate all of the power on that header from himself. That ball's falling straight down, and he's got to figure out a way to direct it and get it by a guy. Awesome. Uh, loved the move along the sideline. I guess that was Antoine along mm-hmm. the sideline that sort of created the chance into the middle of the box. Yep. He's been really confident along the touchline lately where sometimes you see a guy get to the end line and then they don't really know what to do. They're like, I got to figure out a way to get the ball into the middle from here. Uh, he's been really confident along the touchline the last few games where there have been some cool moves. There's been a nutmeg. There's yeah. been a couple of uh, little tiny chips over guys to get around them. It's fun to watch. And uh, he did a really nice job getting the ball into the middle of the field, takes a deflection. And then uh, Luke pounds it home, and man, the celebration amongst the Lou City fans was on at the stadium. It was loud. For, for 25, 30 people, it was loud. And uh, shout out Matt Dalton, Cooper's president, who came to give me a hug, came in a little hot, and, uh, <laughs> and, and headbutted me, and my gums were bleeding until I got home. So a three-hour drive later, I checked, and my gums were still bleeding from uh, getting a headbutt to the chin from Matt Dalton. Uh, but I loved the enthusiasm, and it didn't hurt until they scored yeah. again. Yeah. <clears throat> I was standing next to uh, Papa Tosh okay. during, the, uh, during most of the second half. Uh, and mostly we were standing sort of a little away from everybody. And uh, standing, on the t- uh, standing a little higher than everybody else, hanging out with Papa Tosh, Great soccer mind, by the way. If you haven't ever gotten to have a soccer conversation with really? him, he sees the game so well, uh, and also such a proud dad. But uh, you know, besides all that, sees the game really well. Uh, has a, a former coach has a lot to share, and uh, loved it. We said though, when we got the goal, we may have scored too early. We may have gotten that goal a couple of minutes yeah. early because you've still got that ultra-offensive lineup on the field. How, how much time was left when they got that goal? We I were in like the we, 70... 78? Yeah, we like were that. pretty... We were... Yeah. Close if, enough, but far enough to make you like... Ah. What we said to each other at that moment, and I sincerely don't remember if he said it to me or if I said it to him, but what we said in that moment was, somebody's winning this game. Yeah. Like, there wasn't any way that game was going to end 1-1 because we had essentially no defense remaining out there on the field. And uh, we had also been taking it to them with our offense. So it felt like he scored a little early, but we knew someone's winning. Yeah. Uh, Then it was unfortunate that I was standing next to Papa Tosh because Sean gives the ball away on a pretty bad giveaway. Uh... And to be in, in fairness to uh, Papa Tosh, he knew it and commented on immediately, like, what are you doing there? Uh, Tosh gives the ball away, uh, leads to a penalty. I mean, a, not a penalty, but a, a foul. Uh, the foul leads to a free kick from midfield. It felt innocuous. It felt like nothing important, yeah. no big deal. And it was, A, a pinpoint perfect ball. It was a great pass, and you got to give credit where credit's due because that is not easy to do. No. Uh, also, great header. And, yeah, you feel like if you've got another two defense, defensive-minded players on the field, maybe uh, we find a way to avoid that going in or find a way to avoid this entirely. Uh, 
heartbreaker. 90th minute plus two and uh, heartbreaker. It was, it was painful. I didn't enjoy it. It was my second least favorite goal scored against us this year. It goes in front of the Adi goal to lose the U.S. Open Cup, but it's still behind the, uh, the Swope Park goal in the 93rd minute or whatever it was to lose to Swope. That was the most painful to me. Nashville's was second. Now the Open Cup goal was third. Painful goal. Yeah. Were you watching it live, Andy? Yeah. Did you throw anything? I did. It scared my dog a lot. There was a lot of stomping around and yelling. Both when we scored and when we lost. Sure. Um, I mean, it was just... But here's the thing. You know, you play that game with a week's rest. Yeah. I feel like that looks a lot different. The full top choice 11? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're on two days rest. They're on ten days rest. You realize yeah. they, they didn't play on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, and you could see that in the legs a little bit. And even then, like yeah. we weren't a pushover. Like no. we took it too. No, but like, here's my thing: <laughs> we dominated that game yeah. everywhere but the scorecard. Our, they win that game because of pickets. Our, our 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 issues, if we've had any this year, have been finishing. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. feel like it's been that we haven't been able to to to. Finish. I guess it's very simple. But last night, I felt like it was we, we were finishing. We were just being robbed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. great defense, great clearance by Lasso on the line, two unbelievable saves by Pickens. Um, and so, I, you know, if you're if you're trying to take away positives, I think there's a lot to take away. I mean, we didn't we didn't get the points, but I think that um, with the right uh, amount of rest and, and having all the guys out there that that, that we want to have out there, yeah. you know. I feel pretty good. I really oh, do. You told oh, me we so were gonna. You told me we were gonna play Nashville three times in a row at Nashville. I feel confident that we'd take two out of those three. Absolutely, games. I really would. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, with two games left in the season, you start hearing grumblings about does this ruin our momentum? I don't think it does at all. I don't either. At all, because everybody knows that the the circumstances around that game. Again, if it was a Saturday game. With both teams having a week rest, that's something. And, and our and our normal lineup, that's something different to talk about. But it wasn't. And I think there's value in the lineup that we run out there. Absolutely. I think that Taylor Pay is going to be important to us at some point in our championship run. We're going to need him to play well. Paolo Del Piccolo is going to be important to us at some point in our championship run. We're going to need him to play well. It's important that Oscar got some rest. It's important yeah. that Antoine gets a little bit of rest. It's important that Napo, who in his first... This is the most soccer he's ever had to play in a year. Yeah. Come on. He's played a ton of minutes this season. And uh, Napo being able to get some rest for this game, hugely important. I think it wasn't just that we didn't run out our top choice 11. It was that our top that this game makes our top 18 better. Go oh, yeah. forward. Absolutely. And it, it was sort of... Despite the crowd not being in the playoff environment, the game was a playoff environment. Nashville knows if they want to win a championship, it's like 50-50 they're going to have to play us again. Right. They, they know. It's, it's about 50-50 that they're going to have to play us again yeah. if they want to win it. I think, I think walking out of that game, if anybody's concerned about going forward, I think it's got to be Nashville. Absolutely. You know? They know they they know what they yeah. got away with. Like yeah. when you watch that game, when you think about it, they didn't win that. Yeah. They got away yeah. with a win. And they deserve you know to be mean? they deserve to celebrate. That was a great match for them. I mean they played in front of dozens of fans. <laughs> um, and, um, 
good, but I think it, we have more positive to take away, more scalable positive, things you can build on. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know that many teams are going to continue to win in stoppage time on a ball played in from mm -hmm. 65 yards out on a header that's from 15 yards out. Yep. You know, I, but but good on them. Like you say, that was a great ball and a great Absolutely. finish. So, Pickens uh, had a great game. Oh, Pickens. Sure. And by the way, Pickens is one of the great – Guys in USL, one he's, of our he's awesome. Absolutely, always. One of our you know, every time you know when he walked off the field, he would want to come over and shake hands with a guy like me that he's you know he didn't even know, and it's I think he's you know good on him. One of our yeah, favorites absolutely. who always turns around and claps at Scouse's house after giving him the business. Yeah. He's just he's a class act in the USL. I really have always liked Matt Pickens. Yeah. Uh, I specifically remember at the U.S. Open Cup match. I guess it was last year against Nashville. Because uh, he was still with Nashville last year. It was Tampa the year before, I think. Wasn't it? Pickens? Yeah. He was with Pickens Nashville. was Nashville last year, yeah. for yeah. sure. Then the Open Cup match against Nashville last season. Uh, warming up. And you know how close at, uh, at Dr. Mark and Cindy Lynn Stadium, how close you are to their warm-up oh, goal yeah. if Correct. you're in Scouse's house. And it is even closer than it is in Scouse's house. And uh, he was he was joking around with us the whole yeah. time, the whole yeah. pregame. He was he's a delight. He's he a gets it. Dude. I think is the big thing. Yep. he gets it. Um, he he's also a, he's gets, a veteran. He's a veteran. He also gets that he's a pro, and that you don't know where you're going to end up, and you want people to like you. <laughs> you want people to like you. Oh what yeah, if for what sure. If, what if he's Lou City's keeper in 2021 for whatever? Because Hubbard has gone on to become the keeper for Arsenal, or whatever. I'm just saying <laughs> that. You never know where you're going to end up, and I think that it's smart of the players. Be nice. It costs you nothing to be nice, and you yeah. never know if that you're going to need those people to like you in a couple. Did of you months. just drop some Hubbard to Arsenal news? Yeah. I, I heard. I heard a rumor about it on uh, on uh, Fan TV. Okay. So I just wanted to I wanted all to throw right. that. Out. I feel like that's all advice that uh, Loro could probably Which, do to that's the <laughs> to listen to because that dude. I get that you want to take. <laughs> He hates it. I, hates it. I get that you want to be, you want to take yourself and your job seriously. I get that, but at the same time, it costs you nothing to be polite. Like in between the lines during the game, Pickens is not turning around and clapping at us. Spangenberger was. Spangenberger, he's 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 that good. Yeah. He's that nice, but he's also always been on bad teams. So what does that tell you? Yeah. Uh, but. During the game, Pickens isn't trying to be our friend. But before the game, after the game, what does that cost you? Yeah. He respects the process. Yeah. Absolutely. He respects the process. All right. So they get the win. It sucks. It's a bummer. It, it limits our possibilities for where we can end up in the table. I still think uh, – let's talk a little table talk right now before, before we, we do. do swoop. I just want to emphasize something. Please? We keep saying no one wants to see us in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Away, home, we are not the team that anybody says, God, I hope you play Louisville City. Nobody wants to see us in the playoffs, right? Walking away from this game, I still think if you're Nashville, you still don't want to see us in the playoffs. Not just away. that. I'll tell you this. Not just does Nashville not want to see us. After leaving that park and knowing that if we play them, it'll be on the road, I hope we, I hope we draw Nashville. I think that's a game we win. Oh, I yeah. think that's a rematch that we take. And uh, so I'm saying right now that if the table doesn't turn nicely for us, mm -hmm. I hope Nashville is the team that we draw. So that's, that's what I'll say. Yeah, I don't think that there's anybody literally in the top ten that, that, that anybody wants to play. 
in this conference. I mean, yeah, like, no. he, like you don't even look at at the whoever's going to be the ten seed right now. It's Birmingham, and mm-hmm. it's like Birmingham's a tough team. They I mean, beat us. That, yeah, they, that, nobody wants to see anybody in this league. Now they beat us at this nine a.m. on a Sunday in the rain and they the cold. Did, but, they you know. did, but they, they have firepower. They They're do. well coached. Oh, it's halftime. Is it halftime? 1-0. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. St. Louis, Louis is up 1-0 on... Uh, Loudon. Yeah, which everyone will know because you're going to be listening to this Absolutely. well after. Important game for St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, just to, to sort of consolidate position. Atlanta but is up on Bethlehem for whatever reason. not important to anyone. <laughs> uh, and Hartford and Birmingham are nil-nil. Well, that's important for Birmingham. So and Charleston, who's watching from home anxiously, and Memphis, who still has a mathematical possibility. If Memphis wins out, and uh, either St. Louis or Charleston, I mean, if some combination of two of the three of St. Louis, Charleston, and Birmingham all lose out, then they could theoretically catch those teams. They are not eliminated mathematically. Uh, which is essentially where we are with our uh, home field hopes. So the situation in terms of the table talk at this point. Yeah, that was a good transition. Thanks, man. That was a, that was great. Hey, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, it's nice. It's nice to be. It's nice to be noticed. Well, that's all I'll say. Uh, so one and two, still Pittsburgh and Nashville right now. And uh, with that win, Nashville did a nice job of consolidating their spot a little bit there. So Pittsburgh and Nashville have got to be feeling really confident. If they get, if they take any points, or if St. Louis—I mean, I'm sorry—or if New York, Tampa, and Indy drop points, they can be guaranteed a home game. Uh, they haven't guaranteed themselves a home game yet because the world is crazy in the Eastern Conference. But they're feeling really comfortable about their spots. Mm-hmm. Here's the situation: Lou City will likely finish sixth. We can absolutely finish fifth if either New York or Tampa fails to win either of their last two games. Doesn't have to be a loss, just has to be yeah. a failure to win their last two games, and we win our last two games. That would put us ahead of either of those teams or both of those teams. The same holds true with Indy, who would have to lose both of their games. Yeah. Not They can't even get a draw. Yeah. Because they have a draw, if they take a draw and we win both of our games, we would be tied with Indy and Indy would take the tiebreaker from us on total wins. So, this weekend's game between Indy and Tampa, a realistic fan would be rooting for that game to end in a loss for Tampa Bay. That would be uh, a realistic Loose City fan hoping for a home playoff game would be rooting for Indy to win that game. We are obviously rooting for New York to lose their game this weekend. I believe they are playing Birmingham. I believe. I believe. Okay. That is not for sure. I'm doing this off the top of my head. So. Uh, but what I do know is that New York, yes. Tampa, and Indy, if any of them were to lose their last two and we were to win our last two, we would pass that team. Yeah. And we don't need Tampa or... Uh, New York to lose both their games. We just need them to not win their last two games. So fifth is still reasonable, I think, which is to think if we win out, which is obviously no guarantee, but if we were to win out, 
then uh, you think, hey, one of those three teams maybe goes in the shitter over the last two over the last two games. One of three, frankly, I think it's almost likely that one of three will have a problem. Will have a bad end of their season, and you catch one that puts you in fifth. If two of the three go down, you can get to fourth. But because Tampa and Indy play each other, you can't get to third. Somebody's going to take points in that game to prevent you from being able to catch them. Mm-hmm. So, what were we going into the playoffs last season? Second. Behind Cincy. Fuckers. Yeah, nobody liked those guys. Yeah. Bunch of jerks. I, I, I'm, I'm to this day a little annoyed that New York beat them. I really, I think the world deserved. I loved getting to watch another Eastern Conference final at home. Don't get me wrong. Sure. I loved it. I think the world deserved an Eastern Conference final between USL, Absolutely. between Louisville and uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. That would have been fun. From what I understand, the team wanted it, too. When we talked to Niall, he was like, yeah, we really wanted to see Cincinnati well, play I mean, The good news is, whether we played New York or we played Cincinnati, we would have played on our home field because mm-hmm. Nipper is a home field for us. Dang right okay. it is. Nipper Sorry. is one of our spots. Yes. Yeah. We have a better record there than they do. So For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so sad. I think it makes me happy. I mean, it's, it's, no, it's, it was hilarious, but yeah. it's still like, come on, guys. What, what, what's happening? Yeah. And so that means that, yes, there will be some more ta- there will be some more table watching going on this weekend and yeah. next weekend. Uh, but the bottom line is, and I've been saying this for four weeks, and it's almost panned out, but the bottom line is you got to go out and win games. Yeah. If we win games, we're going to put pressure on people, and chances are you move up the table. If you don't win games, then you can't. And this is the other part of table talk. We drop points. North Carolina is on our butts. Yeah. One point back. Ottawa can still catch us, but North Carolina is one point behind us and no longer with any games that we don't any longer have any games in hand. No. Now, North Carolina's got a tougher road to the finish than we do. Who do they play? North Carolina, I know, has a game with... They play, they play away to Nashville. Nashville, Nashville and St. Louis. Louis, yeah. So those are two tough games. But, uh, so, but I don't want it to matter. I want to feel... I want to feel that's the, that was the other tricky part about what you're rooting for. North Carolina and Tampa. Tampa's one of the teams that you're hoping drops points. So that we can catch them to move into top spot. Would you rather North Carolina loses and you are locked in at six? Or would you rather Tampa loses and take your shot at getting up to five or four? I think you you try to get your shot at five. I think you hope for Tampa to shit the bed a little bit. Okay. Yeah, trust yourself to go win games. Yeah. I like that. It's Swope and Memphis to finish the season. Neither of them complete pushovers the last month and a half. No. Uh, it's some of it is that the Eastern Conference teams have all been crapping themselves over the last month and a half, where a lot of weird results. Mm-hmm. But some of it is just that they're playing good soccer. And so uh, Swope coming into town this weekend. Let's talk about it. The final home game at Slugger Field in the USL regular season. I'm gonna tear up. Will you? I mean, yeah, probably. I don't think I've ever I'm, seen you tear up. Really? I've known you for 19 years. I'm not sure I've ever seen you tear up. I need new friends. You're not uh, wrong. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it happens. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit. So uh, on my most recent trip to New York, 
I had never seen the Statue of Liberty, and we went by the Statue of Liberty. We got on the ferry, and like you get pretty close to the Statue of Liberty. I teared up a little bit then. I'm, I'm a patriot. I love my country. I teared up, right? Uh, I tear up every now and then. Right. I get emotional. I'll probably tear up a little bit. Watching Rudy does it to me every time. I fucking hate that movie. I, I'm fine with it. <laughs> You're not a fan of Rudy. I, I, should, uh, I hate that movie. All right, I'll okay. tell you this. Wow. I have no interest in watching You're movies. a better hobbit, Sean. <laughs> I have no interest concerned in... about the, 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 the anger. That was It wasn't just like, yeah, really like, but like... Part of it is out of spite. I'll admit that. 30% of it is out of, oh, it's Rudy. That's dumb. That's stupid. You've been sick like kid for a while. I'm glad you got it off your chest, though. That's good. I like Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> He'll sleep better tonight. I like this Flight of the important. Navigator. That's my that's my argument. therapeutic for you. No, but uh, when uh, when Rudy comes running out onto the field with his gold helmet glinting in the sun and his dad crying up in the stands hugging his brother, I, I, I get his I get, jealous brother. I, well, very. But even then, his jealous brother's looking down on him like he did it. He did it. Forrest Gump. You, Forrest Gump. I tear you? up at Forrest Gump. Okay. Which part? <sighs> Which part don't you? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. Uh, is there a movie that does it for you, Brad? In terms of uh, getting hitting you where you live, Braveheart. Ooh, really? Great choice, Braveheart. I would have said Porky's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not only one movie. Yeah. No, Braveheart for me. I think it depends on how old you are and what movies were popular when you were at a certain yeah. age. Yeah. For me, Braveheart was in my in college, and we watched it all the time, and it was, um, I don't know, great movie. I get that. It's a good movie. Uh, I it only takes 10 hours to watch. I, yeah. It does. I can't take Braveheart seriously because I had a friend, uh, actually a native Louisvillian before I lived in Louisville, who uh, uh, watched that movie with me and uh, he does an impression of the king of Edward Longshanks and I can't hear anything but his impression of the king uh, and it is, the problem with Scotland oh, yeah. is that it's full of Scots. And so that's all I ever hear whenever I watch that movie now. Loud and so Discord. it's ruined. Loud and 1-1? One, one? Yeah. Wow. Come on, St. Louis. What are you doing? Yeah, step your game up, St. Louis. <laughs> what are you doing? You don't want to fall out of the playoffs here. Uh, I don't know who I would think. I, I've been wondering a little bit about the 7 through 10 games. And what teams... Let's say that the top 6 remains the current top 6. Of the 7 through 10 which would at that point be North Carolina, Ottawa, St. Louis, and Birmingham. Yeah. Who scares you the most, Andy? St. Louis, Ottawa, Birmingham, and what was the other one? North Carolina. Carolina. Ottawa. Ottawa? I liked the way Ottawa played when we played against them. I thought that that looked like a a dangerous team. I think you got to They're not... The thing about Ottawa, they're not an underdog... Per se, they're just kind of sneaky. They're okay. sneakily successful. Yeah. You know what I mean? They've had a better year this year than I would have predicted them to yeah, have. Yeah, they're sneakily successful. Sneakily successful. Also, I, you know, can, Canadians. Like, yeah, what is they're so friendly. <laughs> it's hard to foul them. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, uh, for me, <laughs> so, so Brad's like, get out. Get out! <laughs> That's pretty funny. For me, it's mostly North Carolina because I, a I think they're talented. B we've seen the blueprint for how they beat us. Yeah. And uh, C, 
you got to think that Dave Sarakin is worth something in the playoffs, uh, that having a veteran coach like that, a calming influence kind of coach like that, is going to be of value in the playoffs, who could put together, might be able to sneak out a big game plan against a team. Like, hard to do four times to get the cup, but you can see how came up with one really great game plan and beat a team that he wasn't supposed to beat. You can see that happening. So I think it's probably North Carolina to me. But I'll tell you, I kind of like Birmingham's style of soccer. Yeah. I enjoy watching them play. They're they're good. I'm I'm the kind of – looking at it from a fan perspective, I'm the kind of guy that can see a team – Keeping in mind that I grew up as a Kentucky football fan, I can see how every team can beat us, you know. And that's just that's just my nature. That's more about me than it is anybody else. But it's like there is literally no team in the top ten that it's like, yeah, I feel super comfortable. This is a this is a win. I have a hard time imagining any of the bottom four making the final coming out of the East just because of the gauntlet you'd have to run to get there. Well, the, having to play the midweek and not knowing, especially if you have to travel. Yeah. And then and then if you travel and win, then you have to travel again. I mean, And not even really knowing where you're going until no. that game's over. Unless you're the seven, you would know where you were going. But but if you're, if you're Birmingham Legion, you don't really have anything to lose, especially That's if you get into the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, so you're going to play – just wildness, right? Like, what's the worst that happens? And that's Nothing, the, I mean, yeah. we and frankly, lose and that's what get, I like a lot better than we thought we were going to do as a like right. as a first year as a team. And frankly, that's what I like watching about Birmingham anyway, is because they play with a little bit of abandon, and yeah. I enjoy that. Uh, it's not like it'd be different if there was a playoff team in the seven through ten range, St. Louis a little. But uh, who just wants to sit back and let you come at them? But really, that seven through ten is not much of that. They they mostly go out and play soccer, which I like. Uh, the the sit back and come at us teams are actually two of the three of the five top seeded teams, which is annoying. And especially because of the talent, the attacking talent that Indy, Nashville, and Pittsburgh have at their disposal. The fact that they play such defensive soccer is a tragedy. Yeah. It's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. It is. They got a Ferrari front end, you know. Yes, and yet but they are, uh, yeah. yeah, pulling that pulling that boat because it's yeah. it's unpleasant soccer to watch, but can be effective. But I'll tell you, think about since Rochester, it hadn't panned out. Rochester got the one in sixteen and the, uh, or in fifteen, and since then, parking the bus has not done the trick in the USL. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that has been because we've kept it from winning for the last two years. But, frankly, New York, also the opposite of that. And they've yeah. had more success than any team that wasn't named Blue City in the last four years. So, I hope that attacking soccer wins the day. You expect Phoenix to come out of the West? I'm not calling it a foregone conclusion, but you expect it. How are they doing now? They, they've settled they, in. They, they aren't as special. They're still like their run came clear, to a I mean, stop, right? Like... Like three weeks ago, they yeah, lost. Yeah, and they've Phoenix, got Phoenix is nineteen points clear. And, and that'll do it. I think <laughs> I have seventy-five points. That'll do to it. Fresno's fifty-six. I think they have uh, lost and tied and won in their last three. So they've gotten a loss, a draw, and a win. They have they have a fifty-two goal differential. It's pretty good. I mean, if you're into that sort of thing, yeah. What yeah. I'm into is cup wins, personally. And uh, that is still on the table for essentially eight teams. 
six teams in the East for sure, one team in the West for sure, and then you throw in a Fresno or mm-hmm. a Reno or a maybe North Carolina, you know, one of those teams. But, I mean, it's like eight to ten teams right now are thinking we've got a real shot at being the Chiefs. And we're one of them. And so uh, to get there, we're going to have to go through Swope. We play Swope on Saturday. I don't have much to say about Swope. The game we played against Swope was one of the great disappointments of my life. I'm not even joking. That's not an exaggeration. I've lived a really good life. So that's one of the disappointments of my life. Uh, It was the first road trip I ever got to take with the team. Uh, I remember I that. I didn't go to the, that trip myself. I went with the team and uh, had an amazing trip where I got to learn a lot about soccer. I learned so much about soccer on that trip, just sitting in like four meetings going, I did not, I did not know that was a thing they cared about. I did not know that was a thing that they prepared for. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, it was cool getting to, to, to be a part of all of it and then... Yeah, let's call it spade a spade. It was the Brian Holt game. Yeah, feel so bad for Brian Holt. He got thrust into a situation that he could not have possibly been prepared for, and boy, we were snake bitten by keeper injuries during about a three week stretch. Now, to be fair, all of the injuries led us to uh, Hubbard being our starting goalkeeper, and thank goodness. Yeah, that's all I can say on that front. I had no objection to Ben Lunt. Ben, when Ben was out on the field, he played very well for us. Mm-hmm. But Hubbard's been a godsend for us this year. So all of those trials and tribulations led us to you. It's sort of the way I feel about my wife. It's like whenever we talk about exes, it's like, yeah. I don't even hate your ex-boyfriends. Those ex-boyfriends eventually paved the way to yeah. get you to me. shaped you. Right. Right, right, right. And, uh, and so I feel that way about all of our other keepers for this year. They led us to, to Hubbard. To Hubbard. And, to Diesel. Uh, it's where we belonged, is with Diesel. Diesel. In the loving mitts of Diesel. Uh, but so was the Brian Holt game, and you dropped that game, the Nile red card, which happened for me in slow motion. I was standing above the opposite end goal when it happened. Uh, in my crazy, superstitious mind, I thought, we're losing because I was not standing behind a goal. I'm supposed to stand behind a goal. And so I went and stood by myself in a what was actually an area under construction above one of the goals, uh, very far away from the action. I could see the whole field. We scored our goal, and I thought I knew this was going to happen. We scored our tie tie goal against them, and I knew it was like me being back here has done this. I have brought us to the verge of victory. And then uh, and I'm not then, saying you have delusions of grandeur. Oh, I totally do. I'm just saying you might have delusions of grandeur. I totally do. I believe that my what I do and don't do affects games. I'm not saying you owe Odie on a couch, <laughs> but you owe Odie on a couch. So I'm looking down on the pitch and not, and uh, we give the ball away and at midfield, and Niall felt aggrieved by giving the ball away. You can see him throw his hands up and then tear off running after the guy. Tried to foul for like 30 yards. <laughs> it was perfect for me. And you can just see him trailing and trailing and trailing. And I was like, don't do it. And then he tackles the guy from behind, obviously gets the red card. He'd also been jawing at the ref. Even by Nile standards, he had been jawing at the ref really? a lot for that game. Yeah. Uh, really? So he was never going to get Jawing is in like 
the Martinez brother joined. Like that, yeah. Really? I'd prefer not to connect now with the Martinez No, I'm just saying like a severe... I'm talking about a specific word that may or may not have been said. I don't know. I couldn't hear the words. I was very far away. I just had a bird's eye view. I'm talking about severity. I'm just saying that he rode the guy the whole game. All right. And uh, when he made that tackle, I was like, you could see a scenario where you'd be willing to give a yellow in there. You could see a scenario where a ref would be willing to just be like, listen, it's the 90th minute. It's been a long game. Here's your yellow card. But I knew that tackle plus all of the crap he had given that ref the whole game was going to be a red. And it was a red. And then on the very next play, Brian Holt has his third misjudged ball of the night. And they give up the game-winning goal. It was miserable for us. Uh, I think our boys want revenge. So you think we just crush them? I do. I expect You think this, we just dominate them? I think that this being Slugger's last game, this being our last home game of the regular season just in general, I think how the Swope game went down last time, I think that this game is a painful one for Swope. Like if, like, if I was Mr. T and you asked me for my prediction on this game, I would say pain. Pain. Loudon is up 2-1. Oh, St. Louis. In the 62nd minute. Wow. Come on, guys. Eastern Conference, man. It it's is Sith Chess. Yeah, bloodbath. It's we, a, lo- we lost to those guys 3 nothing. I'm not saying. Yeah, just I mean. Call spade a spade. While we're talking about the game Saturday, let's talk a little bit about the crowd that we're going to have. I would love to. So, if we didn't sell another ticket for the rest of the week, mm-hmm. we would have We a would crowd. fire some sales guys. We would fire some sales guys. Okay. Um... We would talk to them about the <laughs> <laughs> um, But we would we would have a crowd of eleven thousand six hundred. That's a great crowd. And you typically don't move you move the majority of your single game tickets in the last two days, Friday yeah. and Saturday. So I mean we're looking at we're looking at thirteen probably. It's um, gonna be a monster. It's gonna be a monster. God. It's exciting and I love when Slugger is rocking. We've got some cool stuff going on from some of our sponsors. Mm-hmm. We've got it's Breast Cancer Awareness Night, yep. and so we've got a uh, a lot of cool stuff that's going on with that, uh, including the the pink the pink kit, the pink scarf, the pink nets, the pink flags. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna have some breast cancer survivors who participate in certain ways throughout the game. You're gonna have. Uh, we're going to be raising some money for some cool stuff mm-hmm. throughout this game. It, there's, it's a lot of cool stuff that's going on in the periphery of this game, yeah. which is awesome. And I love that they're going to get to see us dominate a game because we're going to dominate this game. And for the record, I'm an employee of Louisville City Football Club. Oh, yeah. All opinions that I share are my opinions alone and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Louisville City Football Club. Any of our po- partners, sponsors, Front office, players, team, or staff. Brad, do you have to do the same? All thing? my stuff's inside knowledge. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I've never said that before in a podcast. Not going to say it now. I told That's him fair. at the beginning of the year that I would do that yeah. before each one, and I have not done it before each one, but I have done it in yeah. each one. And you nearly shat the bed tonight. No, I try. <laughs> I've seen him do later. Yeah. We've had shows where he's done later. Okay. Than this. I try yeah. to work it in organically. But your honor, listen till the end of the podcast. Exactly. You have to listen to the whole thing, yeah. guys. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, and it, frankly, 
we do not have eight listeners. Like I won't de- degrade our listenership. We appreciate all of you. You're all wonderful. We have a number of listeners, but we're not bringing in brand new people who don't no. know who I am at this point. Like the folks get it. They yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited about this game. I think it's going to be an electric environment. I think that we're going to have that playoff weather. It sounds like it's going to be like mid-60s, low-60s. Mid-60s for the high. So yeah. it's going to be like in the high 50s, which it, we're starting to get the big guy weather. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Uh, we're also starting to get to fluffy guy weather, and Man, I love it. I hate it. Uh, yeah, shut up, tall, skinny yeah. guy. Um, They're tired right now. Wow, that game is happening. This is there's crazy stuff happening over here. Andy's <laughs> distracted. The rain you're you're talking about, Andy, is is very very early morning, midnight, two a.m., four a.m. According to my dark sky app, um, at six <laughs> start, starting at eight, starting at eight a.m. It's three percent rain, and we're talking about um, uh, fifty five degree temperature Which at, eight, is, at eight o'clock at night. Perfect weather. Which the players will tell you is ideal. Temperature to be yeah. playing soccer oh, in, yeah. and uh, I think the ideal temperature for tailgating in because uh, I always get a little, uh, a little sweaty when I'm drinking. This yeah. helps with that. This okay. helps with that, and uh, just in general, or in general, sweaty areas. Yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, I think it's ideal for tailgating. I think it's ideal for. Uh, hanging out. Also, I think that this is ideal for merch purchasing. I'm just saying that it's true. Say that ten times. Okay, I'm sorry. I forgot my boss is on the pod. Buy, go buy merch. Merch, I'm just talking about that. Merch purchasing? Okay. Merch purchasing, no problem. I love the cold weather merch. Like, my... Oh, yeah. I love the black... I, I still have the first year black hoodie that I referenced earlier in the show. Love that hoodie. I have... Uh, I have a number of long sleeve shirts that through the majority of the season you can't wear at all. I have pullovers that I bought before I started working with the team. Brad's wearing one tonight that yeah. I don't have that I'm jealous of. That thing is sharp. He's got the, uh, uh, yeah, he's he's got got the, the gray zip up. It's nice. I, I still have my, I've got my, uh, the black sweatshirt, not the hoodie, it's a regular sweatshirt. It just says Little City across the chest. One all the way through the playoffs last season. Last year, I still have that. I mean, I bought that because it was cold. I believe with my uh, with my powers of superstition, I believe honestly that the fact that I couldn't continue wearing what I wore for the playoff run last year at the beginning of this season because it was already too warm uh, is what caused the North Carolina loss. Like I, I think that if I had been able to just continue wearing it, that we'd yeah. have been fine. Yeah. Uh, I know. I love the cold weather merch. I love jackets. I love the sweatshirts. I love the hoodies. And uh, most of our season's in the hot weather. And so uh, getting to wear that to a game is a lot of fun. I'll be interested to see what uh, the front office decides is the dress code for the uh, for the game. We actually had our game day meeting today and didn't discuss it. So some brunch or game day meetings. Uh, that would be operations director Andrew Delala. Come on, Delala. I know. What kind of Bush League bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, Howie usually tells us what we're going to wear. So, uh, in Delala's defense, we'll give Howie tons of crap. Three, Did somebody St. just Louis. score again? Yeah, 3 2 St. Louis. <laughs> Good night, nurse. What are you all doing? Wow. Uh, 
So I'll be interested to see what, what we're going to be wearing for the game. But uh, it's Swope, and uh, I Swope changes their roster enough that I don't have enough to actually say about they the do. team. Mm-hmm. They've been playing a lot of MLS guys down. Yeah, rumor has it that they're that they're doing that, kind of making them fight for contracts for next year. You so. want to see what they've I think, got? I think you're going to see a scrappy team from Swope. I think you're going to see, but this is what I really truly believe is that you're going to see a team that is more talented than the team we played the first time around but less cohesive than the yeah. team we saw the last time around. Yeah. That's what I think happens to these two teams, and it's why New York's usually good, is they'll bring one, maybe two guys down. They rarely have a bunch of uh, yeah. New York Red Bulls t- yeah. one guys hanging out. Yeah, New York seems to do the opposite. They'll, they'll pull a couple of two guys up, mm-hmm. as opposed to pushing you know, one guys down. And I think that's the right way to go about it. And uh, so when you get a couple of one guys come down and play in a slightly different system with guys they're unfamiliar with, I generally think that you lose a little bit of team cohesiveness, and that is one of Blue City's strengths and has been over the last couple of weeks. And so I'm, I'm looking for a big game. I'm looking for a big game. I will say I've got a prediction for this game being a 5 nil. Victory for you, you think we just dominate them? And bef- Brad is Brad just opened his mouth like uh, I know. Whoa. I was just thinking that there was going to be five Oscar to Pacos, but Paco won't be there. Suspension. So Paco. so what do we? How, how do we predict the goals, Andy? Is well, Andy's got to give his. Pre- I don't make him predict goals on my score. Line. Okay, so he gets to predict goals on his score line. Okay, and I don't predict who will score goals. I will tell you though that I believe five, no. 5-0, and I believe that uh, Antoine has another really nice game. And I believe that Napo has another really nice game. I've loved his form. I think getting a week off to sort of re- recharge the batteries is going to be huge for him. I think he's going to have a monster. And uh, so I'll say Antoine and Napo are going to have a nice He's so games. fast. And, and right in the center, quick he's fast. like, yeah, he's like the Tasmanian devil. Quick like, fast. he's just, wow. He never man. seems to tire. No, like it's the same it's, speed it's in the 8th yeah. as he was in the 14th. It's yeah. awesome. He's also a sweetheart. Yes. I saw him in Kroger toward the beginning of the season. I was like, are you Napo Masoso? He was like, oh, yes. Yeah. I was like, yeah, my wife and our huge fans. He was like, oh, thank you so much. I was like, I'm going to go to this other line now so I'm not super creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Give him hell. <laughs> well, well, we talked about And he that. said, too late on the creepy part. <laughs> Yeah, I get that a lot from you. <laughs> it's okay. What do you got, Andy? I've got... You know what? I'm going to agree with you. Whoa! Yeah. We, we got... almost never, we never agree, the same score but I can see it. I can see it happening. Five nothing. Five nothing in a big way. Okay. And who... Give me three I'll of your three. five. I've got help and and run a play. Love it. Just Majestic. Right. Love it. I've got Ombi. Run a play. Well deserved. I think it's just a unicorn of a goal. Unicorn. Yeah. Okay. Just like people are gonna watch Ombi's goal and like what just happened. Like there's a golden light shines down from the sky and doves swarm the field. For I'll something. bring okay. some doves specifically for that. Do they swarm the field or do they depart the? They field? They swarm the field. They right. actually. They I, I predict it? that they'll they'll be the reason for the eight minutes of stoppage. <laughs> <laughs> Do you realize right now, if doves swarm the field, people are going to look at me. Like, uh, I'm going to hear over my earpiece, Evan, what are you doing about the doves? 
Can we uh, <laughs> get these doves off the screen? <laughs> I can't get the image of Shaquille O'Neal and Doves Men Care, doves yep. men care out of my head. That's about right. Anyway, go ahead. Um, <laughs> the third one. Third goal, Antoine, Brian. So, who plays in place of Paco? You would imagine Taylor Pay will, okay. but it could be Alexi. It will not be Speedy or Frano in this game either. Okay. Oh, international duty. So the expectation would be Taylor and Tosh in the middle with Oscar and probably Akeel again out wide. That would be the expectation. I think Oscar's going to find Tosh on a corner. A little Hulk goal. I, I think I think Oscar's going to find – I think Hulk's going to do what he does and just muscle people out of the way and just like – I think in his lucidity career he's got two really beautiful near post run goals – where it's the little tap in. Season, yeah. He had one this year, and I think he had one two years ago. Yeah, in 17. House, house and I remember yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, I, it's been a minute. I feel like he may, we may be on time for a, a near post tucked mm-hmm. in, locked in goal. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's my prediction. That's great. I like that. Brad, are you comfortable making predictions, or do you feel like that? I don't do predictions, but I will say that I just I feel really good about this team. And I remember sitting doing this podcast or no, this it wasn't this podcast it was a scout scouts was there was it toyota the, the toyota year? night oh yeah, yeah. that was the that. that was the pre-playoffs that the regular season had just yeah. ended yeah podcast that was the most nerve-wracking podcast ever it was really yeah yeah dude that was terrifying we had three players oh all the players front office two players front office and then we we're in front of people like our wives are standing there people Kenny's are watching there us. like we're in the middle of a toyota dealership like, yeah that was yeah. Kenny does not count. Yeah. That's going to be the new name of this podcast. He Kenny counts when count. he gets this on the Apple Podcast app, and I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep talking to him about it. I'm not in charge of that. Uh, I just not. passed that buck. I'm not even in charge of it. I'm, yeah. Um, I, I just you just feel like things are coming together. Even yeah. when you when you lose a game last night 2-1, to one, but it's like they had to move mountains to win that game yeah. against us. And yeah. I, I just I feel like, I don't know, I like our team. It's a good I really team. Do. It's a scary team going forward into the playoffs. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about uh, what we've got the potential to be. And uh, that's, 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 that's all you can really ask for going into the playoffs is what do you, how do you feel about your team? And I love that. that it's, we can win this. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like my prediction from several weeks ago is still accurate. I think we'll come out of the East. I sincerely do. And I think that through some bizarre happenstance, we'll end up hosting the Eastern Conference Final. I sincerely do. I think that there's enough good teams and enough chaos in the Eastern Conference that regardless of we're the four, the five, or the six, somehow we will host the Eastern Conference Final. I hope we see New York again. New York would be a fun team to play again. Uh, Nashville, I think we can beat. Indy, I think we can beat. A scary game for me is road to Indy or road to Pittsburgh. Those are the two that are yeah. tough games. But, hell, we got a draw on the road at Pittsburgh. we got a draw on the road at Indy. It's not like we can't win those games. Right. Those will just be tough games. But any other game that you line up for me, I'll feel like we go in not just expecting to win, but probably if Vegas was taking lines, favored yeah. to win. Which you can't do. 
No, I'm not allowed to bet at all. Allowed to do that at all. You know, they they told me that we're not allowed to like bet on Arsenal and Tottenham playing. We talked about this a little bit. Why? It's I I understand it because it's like obviously we have no impact on that game. Yeah. But what? But what if you are? It's a different continent for Christ's sake. But what if you play? Or what if you you work in the New York City FC organization? And you bet on a Manchester City game, and there's an affiliation there. Maybe you know something. And so, just to eliminate the, the layers of management, I suppose they say nobody can bet on anything. I get it. I get it. It does seem silly. Now, you but, are a Leicester City fan, correct? Yes. Uh, tough one this past weekend. It was a, it was a soft penalty for me. But Understood. You went on a trip to Leicester City. Was it last year? It was the, yeah, Christmas to New Year's last now, year. Now you're an executive of a soccer team. Did you meet with the executives of that soccer team while you were on that trip? I met a couple of executives. Um, I shook Jamie Vardy's hand. Um, I waved hard at uh, Vincente Abora. He did not wave back. He didn't see me. <laughs> uh, and I met I met Philbert the Fox. There you uh, go. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, who knows what inside information Philbert Fox gave you to bet be betting on those games. That's, That's all true. I'm saying. Could have. Yeah. So uh, I don't do it. And, uh, Which is odd, because over there, you can... You everybody know, bets on everything. Well, I mean, like, literally in the stadium. They have these little booths, and you yep, can bet yep. on Jamie Vardy's going to score the first goal within the first 15 minutes, and there's odds on that. Let me just ask you, if... While you're game, drinking a Carlsberg. If gambling was legalized, sports betting was legalized in the state of Kentucky in the next year or two. Mm-hmm. Would we have the ability to institute something like that in our stadium? I don't know. I don't know. We'd have to think about that. I don't yeah. know what message that sends. An uh, awesome one that yeah. we love money. Sends a money-making message, yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> I don't it know. Sends a message like, hey, guess what? We like revenue. <laughs> guess, guess what? We're using this to sign Kevin De Bruyne. Right? Yeah. Like, that's the message it sends. De Bru- I like the way you said that. Yeah. De Bruyne. Yeah. KDB. KDB. Yeah. He'd look really nice in purple, is all I'm saying. It would match his hair wonderfully. It would not match his hair wonderfully. Um, all right, so we're not going to be game. We're not going to ask you to make predictions, but yeah, you yeah, like yeah, where yeah, we're going. Part, yeah, I love where we're going. Period in the story. Um, and what what happened Saturday night could maybe change the way we all feel about things. But yeah. I don't know. I just I I, I feel it clicking. Agreed. Um, I feel it clicking. I I didn't feel like a loss of momentum from this game. No. I just didn't. Not even a little bit. All right, Andy, we're going to give a brief, brief, brief Q&A time here uh, okay. with with our man Brad. Do you have questions for him? I see this man almost every day. What have you been doing, man? <laughs> what have I been doing? How's <laughs> um, that for brief? Yeah. Um, been doing a lot of work on the stadium. Um it, it literally changes every day, yeah. and it's awesome, and it's. It, I feel really lucky to be a part of it. Um, I thought that at some point during this process it would get ty- tiring or old to go over there, and, but it's like I went over there today, and it's like, oh, they just poured that section of the sidewalk. And it, and it sounds a little bit silly, but you can literally start to see how the whole thing is going to take shape, even outside of the stadium, and it's, and it's awesome. So we've been doing a lot of work on that. Um, obviously, we've been doing a lot of work on selling sponsorships yeah. and tickets for next year. Yeah. Um, it, 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 everything that we've done up until now has prepared us for this, for what we're doing for 2020, and uh, and that's what we're trying to prepare for. So, we go into next season, stadium built, mm-hmm. right? 
I hope so. Well, right. Like, it's too, like, you we know. still on pace, Brad. Put yourself there, right? We are. We are. Stadium's built. What do you look forward to after? Because everything has been stadium, stadium, stadium for you, right? Yeah. So, what's after that? Well, I'd like to take a deep breath for just a week after that. <laughs> like, enjoy that first game. Um, but, but after that, we've got 40 acres of land to develop, too. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there's... Yeah. There's the entertainment district, you know, hotels, restaurants, bars, um, you know, lots of places to serve the purple stuff. <laughs> and so that'll be the next uh, focus. Okay. Yeah. In addition to everything we got going on here, I mean, we've got uh, running a team and, and, and administering a team is, is is not an easy thing to do. Turns out anyway. it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, but, it's, it's, but you know what I'm saying. It's like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once the stadium's done, we've still got a lot of things to do to make sure that the fans are happy, that we're doing the right things. You know, fan experience. Have you guys talked about fan experience much on this pod? I've mentioned that the fan experience uh, committee exists and that yeah. I sit in meetings. And what I usually say is uh, that it gets me amped up every time I leave that meeting yeah. talking about what we're going to get to so do. So we've formed, and, I, and I'll say that, that I chartered a committee. Um, and the goal of this committee is to put together the best fan experience in the soccer stadium in America. Not without regard for league. So there was no uh, pressure on any of us. No, yeah. yeah. But, but we like understand that, that there's plenty of ways that you can watch soccer. You can watch it on your phone. You can watch mm-hmm. it on your 75-inch TV at home mm-hmm. where there's no line for the bathroom and the beer's cheaper. So the fan experience at the stadium before the game, during the game, after the game has to be something that's unbelievable or you won't come. Right. And so that's that's really what we're focused on for next season. And that that's going to be an iterative process where we're, we're going to – do it. We're going to think we're done. Then we're going to tweak it. Then we're going to change it. And we're going to yeah. make it better. Um, you know, I don't want to say anything that we're going to be doing, but um, some cool ass stuff. Some cool, cool stuff um, that you're not going to want to miss. No. Okay. No. So, so be there. But um, that's what we've been working on. It's three three. That game. Wow. Just this game out. is blowing my mind right now. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, and that's. It's been the most exciting part of what I've done since I've been here. Now, I mean, a lot of what I've been doing is work, work that you know is work stuff that you would expect to yeah. do anywhere you're going. Is your, yeah. your job, job stuff. How close is Evan to losing his job? That's a fair question. <laughs> How much of a razor's edge does he walk? He doesn't walk very close to the edge. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm way over it. it. Yeah. I'm yeah. way over the I edge. Evan does a good job. It's uh, Evan does a lot of stuff for us that. That some of it got done before, but not as professionally. Some of it didn't get done before, and so we're glad to have Evan on board. You don't have to lie because he's in the room. <laughs> yeah, I really oh, appreciate okay. him lying. <laughs> well, in that case, I really appreciate him lying while I was in the room. That's why we're never having Pat Denbo on the podcast. Well, I will say this. As long as I've known Evan, he has legitimately been a good employee at whatever he's been doing. So. I'm bad at every other aspect of my life, but I show, oh, up. I show up to work. Horrible, but he's a good worker. Um, thanks, guys. Have you decided how you're going to, because there's been a lot of, and if you don't want to tell me, that's fine. Okay. There's been a lot of talk of how to incorporate the turf monster, right? The, mm-hmm. Add the nostalgia to the stadium. Have you decided on that? have not decided. I have several ideas, um, one of which is just diabolical. And I hope I can pull it off. I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh, God. I've got one that's got my vote, but there are three I've heard that I was like, I'm on board with that. Is yours the same as Brad's? 
Is yours like is your, I the imagine one that, has your that the one the that he that... thinks is diabolical is probably the one that I'm rooting for. Yeah. I don't even know if I've outwardly spoken these words. Well, then it might not be the same one. Yeah. So. Maybe not. Maybe there's, so. It may. There. There's. That's one of the really things that I've really appreciated about this office. I use the word really a lot there. Um, is there's a big free flow of ideas. Mm -hmm. And so you'll hear things from people and some of it, you're just thinking, oh, that was a cool thing that person said. And then four days later, it's a reality at the club. Like it's a thing we've done. And that's an awesome feeling. And then uh, by that same token, you'll hear something and you think that's, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. And then five days later, you see how it's been tweaked into something awesome or something effective. Yeah. And that <clears throat> regardless of where those ideas come from, whether it's the lowest intern or whether it's Brad, someone here is going to take it seriously. And that's a nice feeling. That's, that's a good environment to work in. And uh, when Brad has left his own office, I'll tell you how I really feel. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun that way that we, he will know what the actual options are. But I definitely know that I've sat in meetings where we've had discussions about ideas of what to do with the turf monster and where I trust that whether he was in those meetings or not, those ideas made their way to him. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying is a really nice feeling is that yeah. regardless of what you're saying, your voice is getting heard. And it's also what I really enjoy about my job is that a lot of the ideas that I pitch in meetings like that are ones that have come from fans. And so it's stuff where a big part of what I do is I have to make sure that I'm available and accessible to the fan base. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the ideas that I come up with, I didn't come up with. I, I just pass along ideas from the fan base as though they were my own ideas. Sure. Thank you all, Coopers and Scouts House, <laughs> for all of the all the great work I've been doing. <clears throat> so, Brad, I'm curious. Uh, when you're talking about the new stadium, what's the next milestone that you think we'll hit? What's the next big thing that you're hoping to see or that you know that right now when we're driving by, you're getting to see the roof going on, which is a lot of fun with some of the curved pieces starting to go around to the edges. Is that finishing that going to be the next thing we'll notice? Or is there something else that when I drive by, I'll see and I'll go, wow. So, you know, the, the last major milestone was the turf, right? The, the, the grass going in, which is awesome. I was over there today and... <laughs> It's, it's growing in so nicely. Um, I think that the next big one that you'll see that's that's major is the, the video board, the scoreboard installation. Okay. Which and when we, can we expect I that? I think that's in November. Okay. I think. Um, and it's, I mean, it's it's bigger than the steel structure than, that you see. Yeah. Um, and when that goes up, I mean, wow. And the question that Andy, Andy and I really have is, can we play FIFA on it when it goes up? I think you can actually. I think that's what it's designed for. Now Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Now we're talking. Yeah. So that'll be day one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just predicting Rusty Fazio, me going to him and being like, "Hey, how do I? Where's the Where's the HDMI plug on this thing? <laughs> where do I plug it in? It's over in where St. Joseph's Catholic Church, <laughs> right? Which is how far you'll have to be back to see. But yeah, yeah. we're gonna, I'm definitely gonna have to sit in the Cooper's section yeah. to actually play and watch it. But that's yeah. uh, that's fun. Um. So if we expect that that will be the next big uh, big milestone, what is the next big hurdle that you guys are that you guys that you are facing uh, when it comes to finishing the scene? What's the next thing that you're thinking? Gosh, this is important, and we got to get it done, but we're not. It's not locked yet. Uh, 
most everything has been decided and and is on a on a path. I mean, there's there's still plenty of work to do, and there's things that could go wrong, but it's it, it's all scheduled out, and and you feel pretty good about it at this point. You you know the key, and I've been told in building these types of things is getting out of the ground. Yeah. And of course, we were trying to get out of the ground. It was the wettest winter of all yeah. time. Um, so Messer did an awesome job getting the site done. Um, getting the piles drilled into the ground, the footers poured, all the concrete uh, work done, the buildings, the you know the kind of the outbuildings, the block buildings done. Um, but now, I mean, it's it, it, we feel pretty good that um, things are, are moving along. It's funny, the milestones in your head. Andy was talking about how excited he'll be about, or how emotional he'll be about Slugger's last day. Mm-hmm. And it's the milestones in my mind when I think about the stadium that really get me emotional, which is, I remember the first game that we went to at Slugger. I remember the first playoffs at Slugger. I remember the first uh, playoff. I remember the Eastern Conference final win, obviously. I remember all the big games. I remember the city conference meetings, the city council meetings that my wife and I attended in support of the stadium before I worked here, before I started the podcast, before yeah. we did anything. We were going to these city council meetings because it was exciting and important to us. And uh, I remember the when I got hired, and the, I think it was like three days after I got hired that the first piece of metal came out of the uh, out of the ground, the first beam they placed. And I was just like, "This is happening, and it's happening yeah. now." Uh, I I will. You are saying you're going to be emotional at the last game of Slugger. I think I'll probably be so in the zone worky that I won't be. Mm-hmm. I'll be devastatedly emotional at the first home game at the new place. Yeah. Devastated. I, I'm not sure I'll be functional that day. I may have to like teach an intern all my jobs that day. Kind of in kind of emotional. Uh, Andy, when you think about Slugger. What's your number one meeting? First off, Purple Stuff. Let's go ahead and into Purple Stuff. Very briefly, I'll say, Hubbard up for save of the week again. Go vote. Brian Obi came in second in, beard, in uh, best beard in the uh, in the USL, and it's all crap. That is bullshit. If I'm not the one who, who beat won? him. Who won first? Who won? Carbone. Cardone. Some, yeah, a keeper in the Western, Western Conference. Conference. Yeah, it doesn't even exist. Yeah. Uh, so shame on everybody for not voting as many times as you could possibly vote. Uh, other bits of news and notes. The playoff picture is coming into focus, but uh, that's not not that special. There's a new team that got uh, for USL League One going into New England. The Revolution announced a USL League One team today. That's interesting and exciting. Forward Madison, easily the most interesting team in the in the league this year, doing a cool bit where they're buying away tickets. For their playoff game, did you see this? I did not. They have their first away game is their first playoff game is on the road, and they have said that if you commit to going to the game, they will purchase your ticket for you. So uh, away supporters wow. of Ford Madison. I don't know where the away game is. It could be in like Fort Lauderdale, and nobody's going. I'm just saying. Yeah. That, if you commit uh, to spend two thousand dollars on flights and hotels, we'll pay right. fifteen bucks. Essentially, <laughs> but right, but just walking around, money, but it's a great idea. So I don't know <laughs> how nice it was, but it's still a nice gesture, regardless. Right. That uh, if you want to be a traveling supporter, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. buy your ticket. They've done a great job at that, at that really club have. with their marketing and social media. They've really done a good job. And it, the, we we talk sometimes about it with Howie and with uh, Rachel and with our our PR team at Doe, who's so fan, fantastic, but uh, that. You can't really replicate it. 
It's not like a thing where you can just be like, oh, we should do no, fun. Yeah. They're a League One team. They're a first-year team. They don't have a history. They don't have a. They don't have a. They don't need to have gravitas of any kind, and we kind of do. Like it's not a thing that we can just replicate. You can't be like, we well, you know what we're gonna do a you know a dress like a wrestler night. Like we can't I'm do so that. I'm so glad you've said that because I've seen some of our our people say, why don't we do things like that? It's like because we're, that's we're at a different stage of our life yeah. cycle. And if we had give away the the hacksaw Jim Duggan two by yeah. fours. It yeah. would be a little hokey. And at that point, it would be contrived, right? And like, also, yeah. they get 4,000 fans to their games, and we get nine. It's a different <laughs> financial stake also and for what you're giving away and what you're not and what who you're planning for uh, as opposed to yeah. them. It's, it's a different animal. But I love what they're doing for their level. I don't love what they're doing for a different level. Right. So go on with your bad selves forward, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It'd be a fun team to schedule for a friendly. I'll tell you that right now, Brad Estes. Yeah. It'd be a fun team to schedule for a friendly. What's it's the score? It's still 3-3, but uh, they're in the third. Somebody's running around celebrating a goal. Oh, no, wait. 4-3 Loudon. Four. Jesus. Look wow. It. It's 93, and it's, and it's three minutes of stoppage. Wow. Looks like Loudon may have stolen this one. I've got no other... Uh, <sighs> I've got no other purple stuff. I'll ask this to end here. Oh, coats for kids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. coats for kids. Coats for kids. Tell Crap. them. Tell them about it. Um, bring a coat. We're gonna give it to a kid. Give more details than that. That's actually all I have. I've been scrolling through like the WhatsApp, like skimming it. Everybody has coats in their, you know, coats for kids. There's an actual charitable outreach operation being operated by Scouse's House in this yeah. instance. They're trying to have coats for kids, specifically for school districts that are uh, endangered in Louisville. Yes. Uh, before it gets cold, they want to try to bring as many coats in as they possibly can. Yes. Uh, come to the tailgate or come to the to Scouse's House? Uh, Where both. are you dropping these off? Both. All right. So you show up to Scouse's House or you show up to the tailgate with a coat, new or gently used. Yes. Uh, show up with a coat and uh, they'll yeah, don't have it be ratty and no. weird. Right? And that's cool. Also, any tailgate news for the upcoming game for the final loose sl- city slugger field home game? I don't know the answer to that question, but I'm sh- I wouldn't surprise me. I would imagine there would be a nice where, one. Yeah, yeah. And then um, other news. I've been asked by the Coopers to once again share that the Halloween party Friday the twenty fifth. Get out to it, Saints. I believe it starts at 6 p.m. It might be 7. Check your local list. Listings. Do you know what you're going to be? I haven't decided on a costume yet. You and I will talk about that off air because okay. I, I don't know what day you guys are going to do your party or if you are at all with your wife and her. She'll be at like the last minute at that point. Yeah. So Andy she, usually hosts a big time Halloween yeah. party and I'm not sure we'll have that. We haven't even, this is how, this is how baby-tastic we've been. We haven't even decorated. What?! So usually Stephanie my usually wife decorates at twelve oh one a.m. Oh, on October first. That's for real. She's like, done. What are we doing? As soon as it like, okay. wake her up when September ends. Okay, because <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like Wyclef Jean, big fan of Q four. I guess just she to, just. I mean, you know, should be gone until November. She goes nuts. <laughs> she goes nuts and. October 1st, we are decorating. But you have not done that. We have not done that because we're putting together strollers and high chairs and 
cribs, oh my. Cribs, and it's just, it's, we're baby-tastic. So, yeah, it, everything in my life now. your Christmas party, or your Halloween party is what you're telling me. No, because everything in our life now, and for the rest of our lives, revolves around our children. Interesting. So, told. get to the Saints uh, Halloween party on the 25th, Friday the 25th. Should yeah. be a lot of fun. Assuming we don't have a you know like a playoff game that night, because uh, I suppose it's theoretically possible that uh, October twenty fifth on a Friday night you could be playing a game that night. Yes. Theoretically. Yes, it is possible. And if we are, and it's an away game, then that would be an amazing environment for that. And if we aren't, and it's a home game, then it would be a uh, a tragedy that they yeah. mischedule it. Um, that's all I've got. Oh no, Joe Valla, go register for the mini uh, for the mini marathon. Oh boy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, still sore from last year's mini marathon. I believe it. You were you did really well. I was yeah. proud of you for that. It was the worst mini of my life. I thought you were gonna catch Delalo for a minute. Yeah. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> who was uh, who was the second rated amateur runner in all in the entire marathon? Yeah. Uh, Andrew Delalo finished eighth overall, something like that. He was very good. Yeah, very good. Very, very fast. fast. Um, yeah, go register with Joe Vallow's team. I believe he said that the link is active. If you need information, get a hold of me or Andy or Valla or whoever you want. We'll give you the right contact information. That's all the news and notes. That's all I got. So, Andy. Yeah. All-time favorite slugger field moment. Jesus Christ. Oh, I mean... See, this or, gives Brad the advantage of thinking about his while, yeah, you, no. uh, while you squirm. Um, it's got to be your first USL Cup. You think the Cup the cup victory yeah. in 17 takes the cake? Got to be. Okay. There are a few games that stick out to me. Um, frankly, the Eastern Conference Final from last year. The big win over Sticks New York. Out. The 5-2 victory over New York. Yeah. 5-1. 5-1 victory five, one. over New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sticks out. Um, that, was, that was monster. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, our first USL Cup was just huge. It was huge. It was ridiculous. It was huge. I think it changed the trajectory of this team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, everybody run onto the field. I've never run onto the field for a sporting event before. Um, but you, of course, did fair, not do that that night, did you, Andy? Which they specifically requested that we course, not yeah. do. But look, you got to get I don't your care. It was two years ago. I absolutely <laughs> did. What are you going to do about it? You just, I mean, you got to get your If you skipped Lady Gaga that night. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Lady Gaga. You got to get your money's worth. Yeah. Um, no, it was a big deal. I've never run. I've never. I've never been um, that excited about a team before. I've known you as we've stated for 19 years. Yeah. And I've never. Andy is not a sports fan. I'm just not. He doesn't care that. I've never had. I'm not. I'm not even like a a team kind of guy. Seeing Um, you care that much about soccer has been one of my favorite things about. But yeah, that was the most excited I've been about a sports team, and the one that I happen to choose to be excited about. Won a cup, and so I'd never run onto a field before, and I almost broke my wrist. I still think I kind of did because it gets a little <laughs> weird on me sometimes. Jumping down from Scott's desk was an adventure. Oh man, I pounded a beer, kissed my wife, and then just Same. launched myself off of Scouse's. <laughs> I, I gave Scouse a hug. Yeah. 
finished my beer, kissed my wife, and then I was Jared I was, came with I was, us. I was, I was twenty seconds behind. Jared came with us. Down? No, we no, grabbed man. it and then jumped. Jumped. Yeah. yeah, and then we just took off across it's the field. It's a big drop. Yeah, big no, drop. I, I, that's what I'm kind of trying to do. <laughs> took the off across that, the field, yeah. and it was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. When you're feeling that kind of joy, pain doesn't hurt as much. Yeah. Uh, a couple of our friends hurt themselves worse. Yeah, Corinne. On that attempt, but uh, Corinne actually like broke her. She wrist. actually had some actual problem. Yeah. 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 That's what you do for your team. Brad Estes. Favorite Slugger Field memory. Favorite Slugger Field memory. You know, I, it, it's it's going to be a little bit of a cop out, but the the PK shootout for me because of I was standing right next to on the warning track by Scouse's house. That was an incredible experience. Um, if, if I go kind of behind the scenes, I'll say that one of my one of my most memorable uh, experiences was being the Red Hat during the final regular season game of. Uh, 2017. Okay. We played Charlotte. Yeah. The Martinez brothers. There were nine yellow cards. Oof, so you were earning and, that money as the Red Hat, which and, we explained a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, what a Red Hat was. It was. I don't understand how both coaches were not not only sent off, but arrested <laughs> and put in the <laughs> And it was at that point that I realized that the fourth official in, in soccer is the worst job in all of sports. You're just there to get yelled at. And There's was, no other purpose. Yeah. So that, that was an interesting experience. But, um, you know, I, so many good memories. But I, I think for me, the PK shootout, uh, other than the Cubs, which you guys have already talked about, uh, the, the PK shootout was uh, was incredible. Yeah. I've gone back and rewatched the PK shootout any God. number of times because I'm, you know, that guy. And uh, I'll tell you this. We in 2017, we didn't know Brad Estes from anything at that point. I mean, uh, you had been hired by the team, obviously, but you weren't uh, super prominent to the fan base yet at that point. But if you go back and watch the footage, after Greg's second save, Brad Estes comes and envelops him in a bear hug, which we're standing directly over top of all of this Mm -hmm. happening. And uh, I'll say that I had no idea who you were at that point. Like I could, you could have been anyone. And I was like, "Who's that hugging?" I was who you wanted to be. I was. You were. That <laughs> yeah. was that was the moment yeah. I was like, "I gotta go work for the team, yeah, man." That's awesome. Greg, yeah. I get to give Greg hugs during penalty kick shootouts. It's not even over yet. That was, there that was so intense. God, that was so intense. That was so nerve wracking because every time uh, they would get up to take their kick. Everybody's just going nuts, right? And every time we would get up, everybody's like silent. Mm-hmm. Silent. It's it's number one for me. Uh, partially because of the invasion from the other side of the field. I remember, oh, yeah. So I remember being down on that end of the field with, with because we assumed it would be at the Scouse's house end. And I was on the radio, and I heard that back then I used to carry a radio all the time. And, and I remember... Like being right at the capo stand, say I'm gonna tell you guys when they let us know. And as soon as I heard on the radio, it's gonna be down there. That gave them like a 30 second or a minute head start. I was like, go 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 go. <laughs> and, 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 and Ken Luther's down there doing his thing. Go go. 
oh yeah, yeah. everybody's good. I remember when they said it when everybody in Scouse's house figured out because they all turned be, to face our direction. Yeah. We're like, it's over here. It's over here, yeah. and so everybody like locks onto the rail. Yeah, like, I'm not, not losing my spot because you can see them coming. Yeah. You can yeah. see the flags. You can see the mass of humanity yeah. coming around the corner, and every Scouse house person. It was the biggest moment of inferiority ever. Oh we yeah, were like. There are 800 people coming to our 200-person section. Yeah. And that place was packed. Hold your spot. And everybody's just locked onto their rail to each other. Like, just hold on. <laughs> hold on. And so uh, all of that footage you can, of course, see. Uh, if you go back and rewatch it, you can, of course, see the entire Scouse's House. The people that we generally think of as the core original members of Scouse's House all standing along the rail in their first spots. But we're also half leaning over it because people are leaning people on are our backs. Like, like, yeah, it was And uh, the main thing I remember is after Richie sinks his shot to win it, which was my favorite moment, of course. Greg's second save, huge. But I didn't feel relief until Richie made his. So Richie Ballard makes the shot. We win the Eastern Conference Final. And... Uh, I remember, you know, trying to turn around and hug all of my friends, but there are a bunch of people I suddenly don't know. I only knew half of the, I knew a quarter of the Coopers at that point that I know now. And uh, so there are a bunch of people I don't know who yeah. were all there trying to hug us too. And I was like, screw it. And everybody's just hugging yeah. everybody. And then they set the smoke off in Scouse's house, which has a roof. Oh, and boy, so anyway. it was So now you're just, just like trying to <laughs> you're it was a kiss me where you're going. It was it was, it was beautiful asphyxiation. Oh, it was. <laughs> you had uh, you had small children like crawling on the ground oh, yeah. trying to avoid. But no, that's that'll be my memory forever. I mean that's one I remember the final. I remember Cam's goal going in. I remember getting excited at the 17 final. You and I missed probably the biggest regular season game, the 5 0 victory on for, for Andy's for bachelor, my bachelor party. party. No kidding. We were, so we were, I forget when you told me it was going to be. It was close to it, though. Like, yeah. it was close when we left. And Evan was like, so uh, we're not going to be here for Cincinnati. Yeah. And we're like, what? <laughs> what? Half, half of the people on the trip were oh. huge Blue City fans, and so it was. Did you uh, watch the game? We did. We found a yeah. uh, sports bar at a book. We found a, uh, a sports book that was willing to put it up for us. And okay. So, uh, but was, we were half in the bag. So we, we were all pretty. And I don't want to talk about sports. Fine. I don't want to talk about our sports gambling adventures at that point. But uh, it was a it was a thing. You in Vegas? We were yeah, in Vegas. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so uh, we watched that at Caesar's Palace. Yeah. At the Caesar's Palace really sports cool. book. Um, lot of fun. Uh, so, but we missed that game for being in the house, which was I, I, I'm not kidding. I've missed three games ever of home games at Slugger Field, and that's one of the three. The other one of the other ones is one of the notable ones, also the Hale game, which was the third ever game. We were down visiting my parents. We didn't know how big of a deal Lucidity was going to be in our lives, and scheduled this flight before we knew. And uh, so we went down to see my parents, and we were not at the Hale game. Uh, and we uh, missed another game, which I believe was Birmingham. or No, it was not Birmingham. It was Bethlehem in, like, 16. Missed, missed that game. But, and Andy, I think, has missed five or six total in your, uh, in your legendary... Home games? Yeah. I don't think I missed that many. Not that many? No. Okay. It's a lot. It's fun, and uh, I'll miss Slugger. Yeah. 
in uh, the stadium is just gonna. I'll miss I'll miss the memories. I'll be grateful for them forever. It was a lot of fun, but I'm ready for our new home. Yeah. I hope I hope that we get to play like three or four more games at Slugger after this. I really do. Uh, I got asked by the uh, Coopers this past weekend. I'll finish with this. We got asked by the Coopers this past weekend. If we were to have home playoff games, would they be able to be played at Slugger Field, or would we be playing them at Dr. Mark and Cindy Lynn Stadium? Uh, I believe all of the playoff games, other than the finals, would be at at Slugger. Okay. Um, I, I, honestly, though, I don't know. I think you'd have to check with uh, Delala, who would be coordinating the schedule. I don't know if Slugger Field's booked. Okay. Uh, we'd have to check into that. But, but a final could not be played there? Because here's um, the interesting that's thing. That's correct. If we made a final, it's like 85% that if Phoenix wasn't the uh, champion of the Western Conference playoffs, we'd have a home game. Because Fresno's at 56, we're at 54. And then after Fresno, I think it drops down to 52 points for uh, the Western Conference. So whoever the Western Conference champion is, unless it's Phoenix, it'll uh, it'll be hosted in the East. So I'm just saying... Final, not unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I'd, I'd have to check on the schedules. I, you know, we'd have, I can't just book Lynn Stadium either. We have to, we have to call them and, and work that out if that were to be the case. Let me ask you one. Cart and horse. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel weird even talking about this. Yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, uh, let me ask you one super for sure question that the answer is no. If we got the final, is there any possibility we could just paint grass on the field at the new stadium and say, "Screw it, we're going to play it here." The grass is okay at the new stadium. That's what I'm saying. It's more about life safety and 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 certificates. I could, think there could, are could, people could Andy and I like, come. you know what? I'll sign a waiver and just whatever. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I think you would. I would add, I'd sign a waiver for a lot of stuff. <laughs> he, he has. All right. We've taken up way too much of everyone's time. And with that being said, I'll tell you that, oh, Whoa. my God. My uh, my phone is going to make me type in my password instead of using my thumb. So longer than I thought. But uh, no, everybody, we really enjoyed this. Thank you so much to Brad awesome. Estes. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, guys. And uh, thank you so much to my partner in crime, Andy Frederick. We only ever have one way to end any podcast. And we're going to come in under the longest one ever, just barely. Uh, thank you so much. And we only ever end our podcast one way, and that's by saying, Go, Go City! City.